0: Jake Browning and the Washington Huskies made a huge statement against Oregon last weekend, so where does he now sit in the Heisman race?
1: And now Browning walks into the end zone for the Washington touchdown.
0: Plus, the two top teams in the country face tough road tests. Number one, Alabama, heads to Knoxville to take on number nine, Tennessee, while number two, the Ohio State, takes on number eight, Wisconsin, in Madison. Breaking the huddle starts right now. Hey, I'm Joel Klatt. Thank you for joining us tonight, just like you do each and every Tuesday right here on Facebook. Uh, And Remember to join in the show. uh, Give us your comments. We'll try to get to them during the course of the uh, show, whether they're questions or anything along those lines. We've got a packed show for you tonight. Matt Leinert's going to be back with us. Bruce Feldman's going to join me. And we're going to dive into all sorts of things, the Heisman race. Washington's Jake Browning, has he thrown himself into the mix? We're going to discuss that after that 8-TD performance against Oregon. We've got number one, Alabama. Uh, We've got number two, Wisconsin. Uh, They've, or excuse me, uh, number two, Ohio State. they both got tough road tests this week, facing top ten opponents in Tennessee and Wisconsin. And uh, a lot of other things to get into and this is where I really want to start right here because there's so much crap that goes on in college football and around college football and it's so easy to get drug into those conversations in the middle of the season. You've got things like the SEC debacle between LSU and Florida and what side you're going to take and everyone's jumping on Greg Sankey and what he's going to do from the conference perspective. You've got the Baylor situation and their continued mishandling of that heinous situation that broke during the course of the offseason. Now their assistant coaches are in unison tweeting out truth don't lie when Jim Grobe and the administration are disagreeing about the uh, discipline of one of the football players that was removed from the team. The National Labor Relations Board just threw down a ruling on the private institutions around the country that says that it's no longer lawful for them to prevent kids from tweeting or talking with the media essentially saying that they are employees so you've got that going on you've got Brian Kelly saying he's never blamed a loss on a player even though we know he has and heard him blame blame losses on players not to mention by the way jury selection started uh, in the last couple of days in that mess of uh, a Mike McQuarrie versus Penn State lawsuit so you've got all these things swirling around college football right Why don't we talk about the actual good stuff about college football, like the great performances on the field? And that's where we're going to start in this program. Breaking the Huddle is going to talk about the great players on the field. And we start with a Heisman discussion with our own Heisman and the best insider in the entire sport, Bruce Feldman, Matt Leinert, join us because Jake Browning is for real. Before we get into our opinions on Jake, here's a little taste of what Jake and his buddies were doing this last weekend.
1: walks into the end zone for the Washington touchdown on second and goal they throw the fade for John Ross who juggles and pulls it in for the Washington touchdown Browning to throw against pressure one-on-one to the end zone perfectly thrown and John Ross has his second touchdown of the day Browning on a quarterback draw Coleman gives him a block and gets him a touchdown Throwing the fade, John Ross is out there, and he gets another touchdown. From the 28-yard line, Browning scans the field, taking an end zone shot. Pettis out there for another. Browning throwing in zone. Pettis one-handed. Touchdown. What a grab. It's a screen. Dotson's got it. There he goes. Come on, Dotson runs by the secondary. He's in. Touchdown, Washington. What a day for Jake Browning.
0: Jake Browning was outstanding against Oregon, to say the least, on Saturday. This guy was special, and his teammates were special as well, snapping the Huskies' 12-game losing streak to the Ducks. He threw for 304 yards, six touchdowns, while running or running for two more and giving him a total of eight touchdowns on the day, tying a Pac-12 single-game record kid was amazing by the way on a little side note before we get into the discussion not so cool oregon with your new unis when you're getting 70 to 21 put on yard <laughs> yeah
2: i don't think it's the you you know, usually it's what look good play good it's not they're not looking good or playing not good not so
0: much for the webfoot uh, anymore <laughs> guys let's start with the heisman discussion everyone knows lamar jackson is right? the front runner for the heisman trophy right now i think he still is even after jake browning's big week but Jake Browning, the quarterback of the hottest team in the country, at least the one that's gained the most ground since the preseason, and the guy that's throwing himself into this mix, I mean, he's right there. I would say he's a very close second at this point, at least in my estimation. I'm interested. Yeah,
2: I, have, I moved say. him. I actually said on our show before the game or after the game it was, and I and Coach Wani just said, oh, how could you move up? Because he's got 26 total touchdowns. You put it into perspective to what Lamar Jackson's doing, and he obviously isn't the electric type player. He's more of a pocket passer, uh, facilitator, but he's been, he's been exceptional. But he's got 26 total touchdowns to lamar jackson's 28 that's pretty impressive um year one to year two joel i know as quarterbacks we always like to see the development and he's been just i mean he's been he's been flawless I in think that i can
0: go one of two ways I, I think the sophomore slump is real right you know for some guys in their second year as a starter he's gone the opposite direction i think he's been outstanding. yeah he,
2: he's been outstanding if you go to the last two games wash or excuse me stanford and oregon two of their arch nemesis in this conference nine touchdowns zero interceptions there's a couple games Bruce left on the schedule that I think he can continue to build this resume. Now will he ever catch Lamar Jackson? We don't know, but the chance to play in a conference championship game I mean this kid is is well
3: on his way. I think really the way I would frame it is it's still Lamar Jackson's Heisman to lose. Yeah. He's gonna need like a four so, turnover so, a, a, a game or something game. or unless you know we don't want to see him get hurt, but something like that because they're not gonna they're probably not going to play in the ACC title and you look at the rest of their conference schedule. They don't have really tough opponents, except for they have a Thursday night game, which a lot of people watch. Probably not as many now that Houston has lost, but it's at Houston. But I look, Jake Browning, here's the unfortunate part. He did not have much name recognition going into the year. Unlike last year, Christian McCaffrey, I think you voted for him. I voted for him to win it. I voted for him. Yeah, we all did. He put up ridiculous numbers. Also, he did have a name recognition part. like People remember Ed McCaffrey. I don't think Jake Browning, when we watched, I think everybody watched that Friday night game where they demolished Stanford. The problem with it, not problem, but perspective-wise is everybody talked about how much pressure they got. Eight sacks, it was like such a team game. It wasn't all like people weren't buzzing about Jake Browning. They so are now. They are now to some degree. I just don't know if there's going to be that chance. He, he's going to need to have like a 44 touchdown, three
0: interception kind of stat line for people to go, wow, this guy's really Here's strong. what I thought hurt McCaffrey. And first of all, listen, the whole West Coast, East Coast thing, that's real. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's flat out, that's, that's a real deal. In fact, the only two Heisman Trophy winners from the, from the West Coast that are not from USC since Jim Plunk- Plunkett was Jim Plunkett and Marcus Mariota. So it, it's a real deal yeah. unless you go to USC, which is just a brand map. And, and Mariota yeah, had a couple so of years and he put a ridiculous. Yeah, Mariota built a built a career. On so that. so let me draw comparisons to the last year then. McCaffrey with the opening week loss against Northwestern, his fault, not his fault, whatever you want to say, they left the radar for a month and a half until early October when it's like, Oh yeah, hey, Stanford is six and one again. So they had all those games early in the year where they were kicking at 9 Eastern, mm-hmm. 10 Eastern, and they were off everybody's radar until they got it going. But then in October, <laughs> I went up to the, to the farm, they got beat by Oregon. So all of a sudden they slid back down and they were a two loss team. So they played one or two more 9, 10 PM kicks before ultimately playing Notre Dame and then the big uh, Pac-12, excuse me, championship. So his was such late momentum so for all the things you said about name recognition, it's absolutely true, but it was such late momentum as far as buzz. Whereas this is real buzz early in October, mid October, which can carry him. And if Washington continues to be an undefeated team, potentially with that road to the playoff, they're gonna have prime East Coast windows to play rather than the nine or 10 East Coast windows. you think he could East actually Coast overtake windows. Lamar Jackson though? Listen, I'm with you. I would say Lamar Jackson's, Jackson is the favorite right now, but I. I don't think it's apples to apples to McCaffrey because of that. Because he's, he's more of a primary talking point right now in the middle of October than McCaffrey was at this point a year ago. And we'll see where the statistics go. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. 23 passing touchdowns at this point in the year. I think the most important stat for a quarterback, you may disagree with me, touchdown to interception ratio. 23 to 2, yeah. Jake Browning. Oregon and, and Stanford have won the last, what is it, uh, seven eight seven, eight, seven, seven, think, seven yeah. Pac-12 yeah. championships. He just dismantled <laughs> both of those programs yeah. in back-to-back weeks. So, I mean, he's got a lot going for him. I think Lamar Jackson is the favorite. I'm going to say that again because he's been sensational even in the loss. He was the mm-hmm. best player on the field. I'm going to spin this down to a couple of more rungs here because I think that there's a clear battle for the trophy right now, which is maybe... Jake Browning, Lamar Jackson, possibly JT Barrett. And then there's this other race, which I think is so interesting the race to get an invite. <laughs> this is wild card guys. This is right? kind of the wild card guys. And there's actually a number of these guys. I'd love to get into some of them. I'll throw JT Barrett in there, guys, and, and I'd love your opinions on that. Let me throw some other ones out there as well. Jabril Peppers from Michigan. Um, Dalvin Cook is a guy a lot yeah. of people have talked about. What about even Deshaun Watson and his his possibility? Guys, Trevor Knight still undefeated at Texas A&M. He's playing very well. And you've got, and I know this one's a little bit off the radar, Jamal Williams, the running back at BYU, is balling out right now. Second in the country in in total rushing yards, only to Donnell Pumphrey from San Diego State. Ten touchdowns, second in the country right now to Lamar Jackson rushing. So I'll throw Jamal Williams in there. But in that race for an invite, where do you guys sit?
2: Is it, I mean, is it, it's weird that we're not even talking about Deshaun Watson. And if you go to the numbers now at this point last year to this year, they're actually better. He's got more touchdowns, he's got more yards rushing, yeah, more that yards great late him. run He's last still year. undefeated. And I think what's catching up to him, and, and like McCaffrey's just the hype and the expectation, to have the year he did last year, it's almost impossible to do right. it again. Um, but he may catch fire here, and, and there's opportunities with Florida State. They're, probably, they're going to play in an ACC championship game. There's opportunities for him to gain a lot of ground and a lot of momentum. So I think we still have to keep an eye on him. At the end of the day, I know he threw three picks against Louisville, but he won the game for them as well. He had five touchdown passes. And Jabril, Pepper, Jabril Peppers is a guy I'd love to see him get invited. I, I think would too. I think he needs – and Jim Harbaugh is going to do everything he can to get him there. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. He's already started the campaign. He's lining up at quarterback, throwing the football, Wildcat, all these things. He just has to have a couple defining moment you know what games. He has to have. He does they it have all. to
3: beat them. They have to be they them. beat Lost them. State. that knocks J.T. Barrett he, out. By the way, your guy he, wants he told, that. I watch Big Ten Network. He's, he's <laughs> talking about J.T. Barrett. Like J.T. Barrett threw for 400 yards
1: last week.
0: I mean, J.T. Barrett was not good throwing the football a week ago, but he did rush it for 137 yards. So. He at least has that dynamic. And he's the starting quarterback for arguably the
2: best team in the, in the country. Exactly. And, and Alabama him, doesn't have not. that with yeah. Jalen Hurts, who's yeah. a
0: true freshman, who's not going to get the run this year. You just don't feel it up to this point, even though he's playing very well. Uh, some of the interaction we've gotten on Facebook, by the way, uh, Sean Breezy says peppers for Heisman. Justin says peppers. He does it all. Ricky and Rachel says, where's Deshaun Watson? We just talked about Deshaun Watson. Daryl says Josh Dobbs. No, I'm sorry. That's not going to happen. go a wild card? Yeah, yeah, please do.
2: Are you going to go Barnett? I was going to say, what about your guy Barnett? I like
0: Barnett. Der-
3: did like you Derrick have Barnett. him at I did. I about. keep him in top I mean, look, they would have lost two games without Derek Barnett, but I'm going to go the other defensive end in the SEC. So, now, by the way, they obviously Tennessee plays Alabama. They can knock them off. But if somebody beats Alabama, and let's say Miles Garrett goes wild in that game, gets healthy, goes, you know, like they have a bye week, you know, four tackles for losses, they win. People are going to look at him and go, that guy should be in New York. He's one of the best players in the country.
0: I, I wouldn't disagree. I think Miles Garrett is really good. Um, really dominant player on the line of scrimmage. Better versus the pass, obviously, than he is the run. But he's not bad against the run. He's not yeah, he, one of those prototypical pass rushers that you can push around in the college game. He really is a, a, a very good all-around player. Um, I get accused all the time of hating the SEC. I don't hate the SEC. I think Alabama's... The best team in the country right now, followed closely by Ohio State. I think what A and M has done in their transformation, guys, they've making me more of a believer. Right Fool's now, Bulls
2: Gold, are you believing? <laughs> I'm more of
0: a believer right now good. in A and well. I, I think that you should win at home more convincingly when you get seven turnovers. But that being said, they're rushing the football very well. Here is a, a part of the. It's not so much the SEC schools that I have a problem with as much as their fan bases and the media in the South. The media in the South is maybe worse than any part of anything in college football because what happens, and Bruce, you know this to be true as much as I do, what happens is when you vote for the Heisman Trophy, there are voters that just put one, two, and three, how they see it. And then there are voters that put one, and then strategize with two and three to leave a player off the ballot, which is almost an active vote against that player. There was a percentage of ballots, mostly from the South last year, that left Christian McCaffrey off the ballot entirely. Those are votes in order to keep him from gaining that trophy versus what I did, which was I thought McCaffrey was one, but Derrick Henry was absolutely two in my book. There was no way I wasn't putting Derrick Henry up there, even though I'm not a Southern right. voter. It was, if you wanted to stack it, you would have said, okay, I'm going to go Christian McCaffrey one. Deshaun Alex Watson. Watson. <laughs> yes. exactly. Just well, 100%. 100%. Yeah. But you know that that happens. That's probably, to bring this back full circle, that's probably what's going to hurt Jake Browning more than anything. Because the, the, the Southeast media can't stand the Pac-12. They just can't. They hate the times that they play. They think it's rinky-dink for whatever reason. And any time that you're dominating that conference, they say, yeah, but it's the Pac-12. So that's going to hurt Jake Browning throughout this what, process. What,
2: were, what was the percentage of votes that were submitted before the conference championship? Games? Uh, that was me it was Between high.
0: 14 and 17%. And that's, that's unbelievable. That's yeah, a lot especially too. in this a day lot. and age.
3: when I mean, when you won it, it was what 12 years ago or whatever it was it was paper ballots I yeah think, and now you can do it online you right. can do it that morning or whatever and wait till or the you know the day after it, it,
2: it should be a rule that we should wait till we're not after. accepting ballots yeah till, not yeah. accepting ballots to the, the sunday zone. you yeah. know the sunday following championship saturday but. anybody
0: else you guys want to throw in there <sighs> um i think jt barrett's going to become a, a real player in this race he, he's, he's got, got wisconsin he, this weekend he's got michigan still He's got a
2: lot of opportunities, I think, left. Whereas Jake Browning, you know, USC, Utah, Washington State obviously could be a big game. But
0: I feel like Bruce Barrett's, wants to be part of that percentage to just submit his vote right now. I just see it in his, his face. He's like Lamar, Lamar Jackson I, right here's now. Here's my thing. is So I have Lamar as a clear
3: number one. I have Jake Browning number two. And then I have a gap. I thought Between that whole clear, next tier. Yeah. I mean, he, uh, I keep pointing the helmet. I mean, I watched a lot of the Indiana game. He, they did not throw the ball well. Talking about JT Barrett. Talking about JT Barrett. I looked at Deshaun Watson and I see the seven interceptions, so I was like, ah, I can't put him back there. I got to putting Dalvin Cook back in the mix, yeah, because uh, he had a huge game against Miami. You that he didn't have a great game early in the year, but it's no. like, do you knock him completely out of the mix for that? Well, I
0: think he was banged up early in the year. I don't think he was a hundred percent healthy, but that you know that's neither here nor there. I think his career marks are going to start getting him more attention because Dalvin Cook is actually 475 yards away from becoming Florida State's all-time leading rusher, passing Warwick, Warwick Dunn. Dunn yeah. And when you start doing things like that and guys are like, oh, I remember Warwick Dunn, that great, you know, those great FSU teams and, and so on and so forth, I think he's going to start to get a little bit more run um, as the season goes along. JT
2: Barrett needs three more touchdowns to pass Braxton Miller for
0: that, most offensive touchdowns. Think and he he's still a think. junior, yeah. Yeah. That's so. crazy, hey, Barry, and he didn't play that much last year. I think Ohio State and Alabama, totally different topic. Clearly, the top two teams oh, yeah. in the country right now.
2: Do we do we get? I do want to switch. To but I, want, I want to ask this: Do we get because of Lamar Jackson's four or five game stretch where they're just gonna yawn through everything? Do we do do we get turned off by that? One hundred percent. That's why I think there's opportunities. Like these kids have opportunities against some of the bigger teams to. Wow, that kid, I mean, Lamar Jackson, you know, now because we expect him to have six, seven touchdowns every game. So I I just wonder if that might play against him at all.
0: College football media, and I'm one of them, okay? We're all, I'm ripping on us all, all of us, wherever you come from. (laughs) College football media are like first graders. We're such a prisoner of the moment. Right, Do you yeah. remember 2014 in week two, I want to say? Yep. The Big Ten had an awful week. Virginia oh, yeah. Tech goes in and beats Ohio State. Michigan was, was lumbering around the field against somebody. I think they got beat yeah. that day as well. Everyone, including all of us in the green room, the avocado room, Stu Mandel, I'm calling you out. <laughs> you were burying the Big Ten <laughs> to our bosses, which you yeah. they didn't really appreciate at the time. Well, everyone's burying the Big Ten. They're the worst conference of all time. Clay Travis was on a victory lap on the Internet talking about how the Big Ten was dead. And guess who wins the national yep, championship? Yeah, Ohio yeah. State after beating Alabama in the playoff. Yep. We're a prisoner of the moment. And because of that lull that Jackson's going to have schedule-wise, There's other I guarantee guys. You, when yeah. you when you're going to see Washington in prime time or when you're going to see this week JT Barrett, if JT Barrett throws for five touchdowns, He'll immediately be, oh, man, he's, he's the second guy in the Heisman. Yeah, I can't believe back up we should have known, 10, man, right. JT. He's, he passed to Braxton Miller and blah, blah, blah. Because we are idiots That's what in the do. college football media. Don't tell the secrets, man. <laughs> Prisoners. We can't help it. It's human nature. It is. It is human nature. Um, speaking of Barrett, Ohio State at Wisconsin this weekend can't wait for this one because Wisconsin is one of those great venues in college football. It's going to be an electric environment, guys. So number two, Ohio State is going to get a top ten Wisconsin team, which you might say, is Wisconsin really a top ten team? That's a whole nother discussion because once you get past seventh in the country, it's like a literally a free-for-all for for who's going to be eight to, what, 20. Um, Anyone can be in there. Wisconsin happens to be that number eight team at this point. They slide back into the top ten. Early thoughts on this game, fellas. Bruce, I'll start with you. Uh, I saw a cool stat that the University of Wisconsin put out, and
3: there's been ten meetings at Camp Randall between top ten teams, where uh, Wisconsin and the opponent are top ten. Wisconsin is seven and two in the previous games mm. and has won the last six. That's a great stat. I don't six put, and
0: zero in their last six I in not, top ten matchups at
3: Camp Randall. I, unfortunately, wow. I do not put any stock in it. No, nor do <laughs> I.
0: I, I, I think, don't
3: either. I, I, the freshman quarterback is going to have a hard time here, and I think that. I think Ohio State just has too much speed. And the the one thing I took away from watching them against Indiana last week is it's like you can play really well in two phases of the game and then all of a sudden Paris Camel busts a kickoff return yep. at the worst possible time and it's a momentum breaker. And right. I just feel like everybody else's margin for error, short of maybe Michigan against these guys, is so slim and these big play guys just Crush you, and or that's what happens.
0: It's Malik Hooker with a huge interception, or it's J.T. Barrett drops a dime to Noah Brown, or it's Curtis Samuel gets a loose fumble.
3: Yeah.
0: O- O.U. dealt with that in the game we did earlier in the year, guys. O.U. was playing really well early in the game. They miss one field goal. They get Ohio State to a fourth down. Bang! Curtis Samuel yep. takes off for a touchdown. Then O.U. drives right down the field. This play happens. Fourth down, Mayfield pit ball, bang, pick six, and all of a sudden you're like. What just happened, because they were playing pretty evenly in the game, and it's 14 to nothing because of the playmaking ability that Ohio State has. One of the best defenses in the country. Three of their four opponents have gained less than 300 total yards. And I saw Wisconsin, albeit on the road, but versus a very comparable defense to Ohio State when they faced Michigan, gain what was it, 159 total yards? And they could basically do nothing on offense. I just don't see Wisconsin moving the ball. are you going to beat them 10-9? Because that's the only way I see Wisconsin actually winning this game is something under a two-touchdown game for either team. What is the spread in this game? I don't know. I, don't know. I the honestly the don't look way, at spreads. The
2: only way Wisconsin keeps it close and maybe wins is if they play like they did against Michigan State where they force turnovers, four turnovers yeah. and they give their offense short fields. Because you mentioned Hornerbrook. He's averaging 117 pass yards a game. 117. That's not, good. Yeah, that's not good. Wisconsin is not built for long drives. They're not built to score 30 they also points. They don't run the ball and that they, well. And they don't yeah, run right. the ball as well. So if Wisconsin defensively can just keep them in a game, which they may be able to. They're a good defense. That's the only way that I see Wisconsin keeping this game close. Uh, Ohio's too fast or too athletic, I think.
0: My pause for Ohio State would be the fact that we saw Indiana play really well against their passing game last week. You know, and. You could say, yes, Wisconsin is clearly better than that. They're very fundamentally sound. Schematically, they're incredibly sound. They're never out of position. They tackle well in space. So is it hard to move the football against Wisconsin? Absolutely. If anyone can do it, would it be Ohio State? Yes, because physically, they're just more superior. Yeah. Uh, athletically, on the outside, they're faster. They've got bigger wide receivers than the defensive backs of Wisconsin. Uh, Curtis Samuel, I think, is a guy that I probably should have included in that Heisman discussion and kind of that – tier of of possibly an invite tier they didn't get him the ball much in the first half last week though I think think that's a mistake on their part wouldn't you agree far be it for me to criticize
2: I think 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 when you did uh, when you called the Ohio State Oklahoma game you gave the punter some love but Cam Johnston for Ohio State is really good he leads the nation in punting I think he if you can pin back like I said a, a style of offense like Wisconsin and force them to have to drive the field you're winning every single time and he's an x-factor too in this game.
0: The, this stat's gonna be a little outdated but going into that Oklahoma game this blew my mind and it just goes to show you the longevity and talent of of Cam um, the punter for Ohio State. Cam Johnson right? Mm-hmm. I think is his name.
2: Cam Johnson, Cameron Johnson. Yeah.
0: He had 86 punts in his career that had been downed inside the 20. 86. First of all to get 86 punts mm-hmm. means you're pretty good in your career <laughs> and in and college playing football. A long time, yeah. 86 inside the 20 And that was back before the ou game so by the way i think the rutgers punter had 86 punts last week so they punted
2: punted for over 600 yards
0: last week are you serious i think he punted 17 they punted
2: for over 600 yards can i
0: take a little bit of a side note yeah i can because it's facebook (laughs) and we don't have commercials we played we played i'm gonna be a joe morgan here real quick back when i played Mm (laughs) We played Miami in a September game against like John Beeson, Brandon Merriweather. This was 2005. They were really good on defense. Devin Hester was on that team, very good on defense. And it was an ABC game at noon. We scored three points, did not play very well offensively. I got concussed pretty severely, by the way. Um, Our player of the game, remember they used to do the Chevrolet player of the game? John Torp, our punter, was the Chevrolet player of the game. I quarterbacked a team that had a punter player of the game. <laughs> the only thing I'm thinking ABC of is when game. you got blown up in that
2: game. That was the game oh, yeah. that's all over. You, that's all over YouTube. That's also in the Nevin Shapiro For Yahoo article. Google or YouTube Joel Klatt getting blown up by Miami's defense. Man.
0: John Beeson.
2: Yes. Was it after a fumble or something? And you so went there to, was a fumble or, and I was like chasing after him like some sort of. Joel, idiot what's the number hero? one rule of quarterbacks? Never chase just after stand there an there and get out the way.
0: <laughs> So, John Beeson essentially suplexes me, throws (laughs) me down, and Nevin Shapiro pays him a $500 bounty, which I'm still pissed about because Chris Ricks had a $1,000 bounty later in the year. So, basically, Chris Ricks was double the player I was. Whatever. No. no Let's move on. The other top ten game, Alabama (laughs) and Tennessee. We're not going to touch that last one. There's plenty of things to say. Alabama and Tennessee. Um, They're going to face off this week. Tennessee has been in the gauntlet. Yeah. Before we get to Alabama, and we'll get to Alabama obviously. When talking about Tennessee, I think it was last week, Matt, you weren't here, but Bruce and I were talking. I couldn't decide whether it was man, they're so resilient and they're going to continue to get better and play better and then, you know, they're they're going to continue to win games or you know, the slippers not going to fit and right. it's going to strike midnight. And now I still can't decide because they turned the ball over seven times and only lost in overtime on the road to a top 10 team in a and m are they talented enough to beat alabama yeah Yeah. i think that they are but will they they're not talented (sighs) enough to do i think
3: at one point they've been outscored i want to say it's like 58 to 17 in the first quarter you can't do that against like i remember what is it i don't know if it's your senior year you know, USC's come back and they're so loaded, but it felt like they could just flip the switch right, right. and get into a hole against uh, Tennessee's not that they talented. That. No. Yeah. They are not that talented. I mean, Josh got... Dobbs
0: is one interception away from leading the country in interceptions. He's thrown eight. And look, they, I mean, I thought Alvin Kamara was pretty dynamic
3: last week. I know that, you know, people talked about Jalen Hurd more and he's the former Alabama running back. But just when you look at them, they're so beaten up on defense. I wonder how much they have left in the tank after that emotional ride and finally the bubble bursts. I get it. They're coming home.
0: I could see Alabama just pummeling them. I think Butch Jones is a good guy. I don't think he's a great coach. I think you see that in their game management and their situational play. That's how I rate coaches Mm -hmm. is how their team plays in situations. That's why Urban Meyer and Nick Saban are the best two coaches in America and why Jim Harbaugh is right there knocking on the door. Granted, he doesn't have any rings, but he's right there knocking on the door because their teams in critical situations, whether it's four-minute milk the clock mode, two-minute mode, um, critical situations in terms of third downs. Their teams always are prepared for those situations. Tennessee, I feel like they're out there throwing spaghetti at the wall sometimes, and Butch is over there running around, jumping around, crying, talking about God knows what. Well, do you think it uh, sometimes I mean you're dealing with 20,
3: 21 year olds where they're taking their cues butch looks like an emotional wreck like you know the neck is red he's like got the veins popping out. How much do you think as as players if it especially if it's a younger team that's not used to success and these guys really aren't because they this is the first time in a while. How much do you think they they take their cues from that? I mean you can see a little of this at Notre Dame with Brian Kelly right. at this point too. I
0: think every single team in every team sport save for the NBA which is just a star driven league Every team sport from professional down to little league, that team is going to mirror the character and the expression and the mentality of right. their head coach. It, I agree. Every single team sport. Everyone I've ever been a part yeah, of. Yeah, no, no, I how agree. How about you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. He, he's, he's an emotional roller coaster. I played for coaches who are emotional roller coasters, and when you can't sit there and, and have a conversation and, and he can't. When you almost know the answer, but you want to hear it from your coach, and, and he can't give you that. I mean, that's just the X's and O's. But I think so many times, but Jones, the clock management, the the situations, uh, you know, he just mismanages games, and yeah. eventually at some point, he's going to come back to to get them. And they're they're, I mean, to go back to the game, they're talented enough to play Alabama. I don't think Alabama this year is a juggernaut every week. They've struggled a few weeks. People have scored points on them. Um, what does Lane say? The, have, you ch- have you chatted I ha- with him? I haven't chatted with him. I do think... I do I like. you guys are boys. We're, we're boys. Uh, <laughs> listen, I, I love what he's done with Jalen Hurts. I really have. This kid, I think he's only averaging about 25 pass attempts a game. So all not, he should. That's what yeah. I'm saying. They're not putting a lot of pressure that's on perfect. him. They're not asking him to do too much. They're relying on their defense, which has been outstanding. The running backs have, have played extremely well. So they're just... They're a complete machine, but I think they're beatable this year. I think Tennessee, if they can play four quarters, they can, they, but, but they haven't played four quarters all season long, so I just I can't buy into that.
0: Here's, here's what I think would be concerning, and it's concerning for Nick Saban. You, see, you hear it. You know, I've read a lot of the comments uh, out of Tuscaloosa uh, about what Nick is saying about his team. They've given up 400 yards passing in two games this year. Arkansas which right. blows my mind how they can throw for 400 yards and Ole Miss and you can understand what, Ch- what Chad Kelly that Arkan- or Ole Miss would throw for 400 yards but he was saying that there were a lot of misassignments and coverage last week against Arkansas some blown assignments uh, guys in the wrong spots so he's frustrated with that now if there's one guy that can get corrected as soon as anybody would be Nick Saban who works with the secondary at Alabama but that's the one area now is Josh Dobbs the type of player that can go exploit that. He did it against Florida, who I think has a really good defense and a very quality secondary. So this game was close last year. Too. It was yeah. close In last, last year. Yeah. Uh, so it wouldn't shock me if it's close again. Um, I just, again, like, is, is a Butch Jones right. coach team going to ju- beat Nick we Saban? We just haven't seen just enough differ. consistency. I mean, they, I mean, talk about you want, I mean Do hell you Mary. want to pick Tennessee? I feel like I would, you do. I would pick Tennessee like, if they yeah, were yeah, trying not. trying to pick on Tennessee. On defense, their
3: four best players, only one of them is playing in this game. And Derek Jared yeah. They're really banged up on the back seven. That's the part that would. That was, uh,
2: Cameron Sutton's out. Who would yeah,
3: and that would have been Calvin Ridley's guy. Now I can see big plays coming against them. Yeah. I don't know. I mean again they had all the turnovers last week. I just wonder what they have in the tank after this.
0: We've got a lot coming up on the show still. We've got who's the favorite in the Big 12 and we've also got some under the radar games so uh, Notre Dame fans uh, stay tuned. We've got some Oklahoma chat coming up. We've also got uh, some Nebraska chatter coming up so stay tuned for that. Rob by the way on Facebook says if Alabama keeps rolling I would think that their freshman quarterback and his name would be mentioned for the Heisman. Maybe maybe not but I think one of the points that Matt made is a big point in this. He's not going to have gaudy numbers. Mm -hmm. And I don't think this is the team. Now, in the future, it'll absolutely be more of a Jalen Hurts team. Right Right now, I think he's a role player within the system that is Alabama. I don't know if those style of players go to New York. Zeke says go Big Orange. Are you a Qs fan, Zeke? Or is that for Tennessee? Tennessee Or I've never heard that about Tennessee. I've heard go Vols, Zeke. Rocky top. Check back in with us and let us know, is that Vols, Cuse? Are you a Bayheim fan? I'm not <laughs> quite sure. Kenneth Matthews says Bama in a close one. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Uh, Bama Big says Justin. Kyle says will Texas, Notre Dame, Oregon, USC, and Baylor have head coaching open openings this year? Quickly before we get to the Big 12, <laughs> if you're all of those places, who are you hiring? That's part of making a change. You don't just make a change for change's sake right so tom herman yes is a, a big fish out there i guess he did lose to navy last week when houston went down to navy you can't just make a change and be like we made a change who'd you hire that's what his school does that, that's uh, what you guys do <laughs> <laughs> i'm just the innocent bystander no, 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 did you no. just I get mean, thrown under the bus no but numbers. i mean it's like USC Listen, wades
3: into coaching searches like this and it's
0: like matt has to be careful because the way it's going in 2022 he's going to be the next athletic director. 2022 twenty eighteen by twenty eighteen. Would you be a good ID? No.
2: I might (laughs) throw my hat in as a coach though. Oh
0: kidding. kidding. He is the play caller. What's your uh, son's coaches team? Let me tell you something. We 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 <laughs> Not your son's coaches
2: We son's lost. Son's do we, flag do, football we do we want to get off topic here and talk about no, this? No, let's get not? to the
0: Big 12. Okay. You called it a great game Sunday. We you lost did? to the upper division team. You lost? You didn't call it a great game. All right, Big 12 favorites. Baylor, Oklahoma, West Virginia. Baylor and West Virginia are undefeated. I'll be in Texas uh, in Lubbock for Texas Tech, hosting West Virginia this weekend. Baylor's still undefeated. Oklahoma got the big win in the Red River game last weekend in a game that I got to experience firsthand, which was awesome. If you're a college football fan, you got to go check out OU Texas in the, uh, the Cotton Bowl. Big 12 favorite, guys. Is it one of those three schools for sure, or is it an Oklahoma State? Can they bounce back after a few losses? I mean, where are you sitting right now in the Big 12?
2: Where are you going? <laughs>
0: Do you still want to pick Tennessee I'm, over Alabama? I feel no, like you're no, still. No. I've <laughs> run out of gas on that one. All right, look. He's,
2: he's still thinking
3: about Barnett and, or Heisman. No, Barnett! I, no, please. I, I, I'm tempted to go on West Virginia oh. here because okay. everything goes through Morgantown. It, everybody has to go there. It's not an easy place to play. Baylor's got to go there, colder. I think, the last week of the season. Yeah, which could be wild if that is it to decide who's going. Jim Grove, kind of a homecoming game. I think he's an originally a West Virginia guy. You know, their offensive line is pretty good. I think they have one of the most best-kept secrets in the Big 12 uh, in the backfield in Crawford. Justin, Howard, Crawford Justin Crawford, can, he can, was can, very can good Sky, last can week. Can
2: Skyler Howard win the Big 12 championship? That's my question. For West
0: Virginia. I, don't I, don't think know. He, I think he, he has been Tim awful. Randall,
3: by the way, loves that guy.
0: Well, not, let's not say awful. I mean, he's, he's a role player.
2: He, he's thrown four, two touchdowns against three Power 5 teams this year, five, four interceptions. The only good game he's played is against Youngstown State. I'm not off him. I'm just saying, can he? Can he? Can he lead this team to a Big Twelve championship? Okay,
0: that's a fair question. That is th- th- question. He, That's my question. He, I, he's
2: tough. He's gritty. I like. He's improved they drastically. Ha, they from last have
0: year. to run the ball yeah. in order to do it. Like they're, they're going to have to be a run first team. To to answer, they're not going to go. Like for instance, this week they're going to have to go face Texas Tech in Lubbock, and I. I They stopped Texas Tech, for the most part, last year throwing the football. I think it was Patrick Mahomes' worst game as a starting quarterback, um, save for his very first start, which he split time, so you got to throw that one out. So it was his lowest output, 159 yards passing, is the lowest output he's had in in any of his starts at Texas Tech. But that was in Morgantown. That's a much different place. It's harder to play in Morgantown. They ran it down. I did that again. They ran it down Tech's throats. They may try try to do that again, though, because of Tech's defense. Can Skylar Howard carry them to the Big Twelve? Man,
1: because the you, fact that they've got those score. teams in Morgantown, have, they have against. very good
0: receivers. They no, no, no,
1: receivers. but you have to
2: score 35, 40 points a game in, in this, this conference, conference yeah. to win. So I'm just not there. I, I maybe not there. I, I don't. I am leaning towards Oklahoma, and I was off a couple weeks ago, but you called the game. Mm-hmm. I just think they're rolling at the right time offensively, and I think the, the emergence of D.D. Westbrook guys oh. has been. It's just it's opened up this offense even more. Um, they've been down this road before. He He's
0: unreal. He, he in w- person, and
2: it was deep. It was it was slant routes taken to the house. I just think they have the right mix defensively. Joel, I, I can't even remember how many times you called Jordan Thomas's name, and I know he gave up a touchdown, but I think it was the first time they the secondary like made some plays. They got yeah. their hands on you know they some just fifty
0: fifty balls. a yeah, they, actually they, they were just winning. they
2: were winning it, and again they still gave up a lot of points. But I feel like in this conference. You just have to have a defense that's OK, that can, that can get some key stops, and you have to have an offense like they have. So I just believe in them offensively. I don't think West Virginia has been great defensively this year, even though that's kind of their MO. Um, but again, it's, I mean, and we're not even talking about Baylor. And Baylor's the highest
0: ranked team, you know, so. Yeah, Baylor's an interesting one, guys. Because Baylor, <clears throat> they, they've got um, Kansas this weekend. And then they've got an open week. And then they're gonna have Texas. They're gonna beat Kansas. Okay. Just it is what it is. Kansas is two and forty-five mm-hmm. in their last 47 Big 12 games. True stat. Um, then they get the old so October 29th, they'll be going to Austin. That's that'll be the first time that they're really like tested. Oklahoma State tested them. I, I shouldn't, you know, just throw that game under the rug, but I just they're not. Listen, I'm probably going to do another Baylor game, and knowing them, they're going to get all bent out of shape about me saying this and, you know, whatever. <laughs> they're not that good. They're not even close to what they've been in the last two years. But they lost a lot they're, of good players on both they lines. They lost a ton of players on their offensive line. They lost a ton of defensive front seven talent to the point where they had to switch schematics. Right. They went from a 4-3 defense to a 3-4 defense because they didn't have enough defensive linemen that could actually play in the Big 12. So now they've got an undersized defensive front that's having to slant every which way on every single play. And what that does is it creates seams. They gave up, I mean, how many yards? Almost 300 yards rushing to Iowa State, yeah. over 300 yards rushing. And all Iowa State was doing was snapping it to their quarterback, and he was just running the ball right downhill. So Baylor's explosive. They're offensively very good. I just, I just don't see it. Like, Oklahoma's the best team. How much does it concern you about We'll Baylor? see in that West Virginia-Oklahoma game. Right. Go ahead. The dynamic around
3: the team where Concerns it feels like it's like all or bust. You have like some of the off-field stuff with
0: the truth-don't-lie aspect right. of it. So can I explain that real quick? Okay, so Bruce just touched on something. What happened is there was a player kicked off the team. The administration at Baylor came out and said, hey, that was Jim Grobe's decision. That was 100% Jim Grobe's decision. Well, Jim Grobe went to a television station under, you know, kind of in the dark of the night and was like, it wasn't my decision. This was the administration's deal 100%. It wasn't my decision at all. And so the staff tweeted out that clip and the story from that news outlet in the Baylor area simultaneously, all of, all of them on the staff, with the hashtag, truth don't lie. If any of you college follow college football which i'm assuming you do you know that that hashtag truth don't lie is made famous by art briles from earlier in the summer so some bad optics uh, obviously i just right. I, don't, I don't i don't see it with baylor because of that because of the on-field struggles that they've had defensively all of that at some point is going to catch up to you whether it's against an ou or a west virginia late or somebody else at some point it will catch up to them the, the idea
3: when they i can't imagine i know how much you know there's a rivalry between them and tcu but there must be so much hate from the baylor fans to texas because remember texas was the place that got a lot of the freshman recruits who ended up almost all of them almost all of them one went to one went to ou parish cobb the other one went to, running back went to the auburn decommits
0: from last year's yeah. class most of them went to
3: texas and so and there's a lot of feeling in waco that a lot of the you know texas People were trying to drive this story and, and get people to work on it and push it. Um, I don't know. This is, I, I, the drama around this game when it happens is going to be very interesting to see. That's all I'm saying.
0: They're going to be undefeated. Yeah. I mean, they're going to go down there. And something tells me Texas is going to get better. I know that they were horrendous defensively Why are they again. so bad in
3: the secondary?
0: Personally, I, they're, the covers that they're playing, they shouldn't be in. Okay, they're in like man bump situations a lot. And they leave those corners on an island. At some point, you got to understand as a coach that it's your job to put a player in position to have success individually. And if a kid continually gets beat in press man coverage, and then you just keep saying like, hey, you got to get better. Well, you got to get better as a defensive play caller. You got to give them some help, do something. I would rather a team snap the football 14 times for 80 yards down the field in a seven or eight minute drive Rather than stop them for five plays and then have a home run thrown against me, right. which is just demoralizing. Right. And that's what it seems to and be they happening. Do you just not have at the Texas. athletes to play this, or is it just guys whose confidence is completely shot? Maybe a little of both. Maybe a little of both. I think that they need some help in the secondary. There's no question, but we'll see as that goes along. To be okay, real DBU, quick by the way. pick a team Big 12, 12 favorite. DBU. Uh, I'm gonna go West Virginia. West Virginia, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. I would pick Oklahoma as well right now. It's not just because I did three of their games. I think they're really talented. Okay, wrapping things up here uh, on the show. And before that, Tony says my sleeper team, the Big Twelve, is Kansas State. Mm, I like that one. Not bad, not it's bad. I sleeper. like them on defense, they might have the but best we'll defense see. In the we'll see with them. Um, uh, Kyle says oh, OU, Sean Baylor. Um, so we got a lot of different. It's going to be a wild race. A wild race in the Big 12. As down as the Big 12 has been, it's still wide open. Some games, guys, that are under the radar this week that you want to touch on for any number of reasons, Bruce, go. All right, I'm going
3: to be selfish and go with the game I'm doing this weekend. <sighs> it's Matt's alma mater going into Arizona, which is our I, producer's alma mater.
1: Down.
3: There you go. Uh, what's
2: what's the what's spread of that one, Klein? On. Can, can I just USC. put a spread on it? I would
3: it. say USC by 15 yeah, I would, say, I would say 14
2: to 17, probably. 14 and a half. So,
3: so Arizona is seriously banged up all over the place. You know, They need Nick Wilson to try to get healthy. They're down to the, probably down to their third-string quarterback. We'll see if Brandon Dawkins can play. If not, Khalil Tate. Here's the part I like about it. Khalil Tate is a really gifted dual-threat quarterback. True. very freshman. strong. Yeah. yeah, 17 years old. They wanted to redshirt him. Uh, strong arm, good touch, very physical, but he doesn't have much of the offense. He's a Sarah kid. USC has nine kids from that high school, uh, Dory Jackson being one of them. They tried to get in on, on Tate late, and he was like, you know, I want to go to this offense. I'm not sure if USC would have made him a running back or a wide receiver, whatever they would do. But I think him against this defense is very interesting mm-hmm. to see if, you know, if he becomes the guy. I want to see how he holds up. And I think that the way Sam Darnold is playing, I mean, they've He's gone over. really Yeah, long. they've gone over 500 yards the last two weeks. They only did that three times all of last year. I think. He is the best thing that's happened oh, yeah. to Clay Helton
0: this year. And I he needed Sam something Darnold to happen. may save Clay Helton's job. I'm with you. I'm telling you. He's good. They've got an identity. Yeah, and the thing do. about it, you, you can scoff if you want. Colorado's secondary is pretty good. Yeah. They were leading the conference in pass efficiency, could, yeah. pass, total passing defense. They've got a kid that's going to get drafted probably in the late first round, early second, as a corner. It's Hard to pronounce his name; it's like Chidobe Ozoribe or whatever. He's amazing. Sorry, buddy. I, just, uh, I apologize about that one. I'll try to get that one better next time. But Browning, or I'm sorry,
2: Darnold played really well against he's them. He's played really well ever, even on the road against Utah. He he's has ball security issues. I mean, he's fumbled a lot in a couple games he's young um but that i can live with that because he's throwing the ball well he's making he's making good decisions he, I think he only has one interception mm-hmm. i think in two games thrown for a lot of yards i like him um a couple games i want to uh, briefly notre dame stanford just because of how <laughs> different these teams are going now both of them stanford just is really struggling the both going game. like this <laughs> oh, that's what i'm yeah. saying they're both going in that direction whereas this game last year had such a massive impact. I mean, we're talking. You know,
0: I think you called the game, Joel. I did right? call yeah, the game. It Notre Dame, if they won playoff, had a there was really all, good all those things, to to
2: um, and it's just, it's just crazy how quick it could fall. I, another game is UCLA Washington State. This is a pretty interesting one because Washington State's undefeated in conference play. Mm-hmm. Um, they, for whatever reason, were really bad out the gate. Now, all of a sudden, they're playing better. It's just like last year. Y- yeah, it's strange. It but they to stop sending them to
3: this camp or high it's, school it's you're it's high so, in, like, Idaho for <laughs> camp. It's so interesting,
2: but Luke Falk, that offense, the defense is playing better. Uh, they're kind of a sleeper team to keep an eye on because they can score a lot of points. UCLA is still just, I mean, struggling to find an identity. Josh Rosen was banged up last week. We'll see how healthy he is. I was impressed with his toughness last week. He, in he, a
0: loss, I mean, like he stood in there and took some shots. He
2: took some shots, and it's it's funny they can't run the ball. They're, they're dead last in the conference in rushing offense, which is what that they wanted to be. That might be my be. biggest
0: surprise of anything in the Pac-12. And that's the
2: reason why they've struggled. So this game is really big because UCLA is still much alive in the South, I and mean, the South's yeah. wide open. So well, that everyone, game, everyone is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Even
0: your buffs who just took well, a beating even, to my even team, even USC with two losses, two losses, I know, and they still so. They anyway, still that's a good show. game
2: in the pack in the Pac-12 to keep an eye on. I do like weekend. that one.
0: Yeah. I like that one a lot. Washington State. It wouldn't shock me at all if Washington State ends up playing Washington in the Apple Cup the Friday after Thanksgiving the, with both for yeah. the division title. Yeah. That I mean, that would be insane. Can you imagine Pullman? They'll burn it down. They will burn Let Pullman me. down, and then Lewiston will burn their. They have a paper mill. Lewiston, Idaho, is one of the worst smelling places on the face of the earth.
2: One of my favorite <clears> places <throat> to play was at Washington State in college. Great venue. Awesome. It's, it's a really go- a Great little venue to play football.
0: Called an Apple Cup there yeah. before, and I I fun. loved it. Uh, when we get to we, that, I'm going to drop 50 on them, but it was not okay. good. Uh, actually, you know what we'll do. We'll have Petros on that week. Petros has a great Pullman, Washington story. It's a hotel story, it's right? A host- Mo- it's Moscow, a hotel story. Moscow, Idaho, sorry.
2: man. That's where you stay. Moscow, Idaho. We
0: stayed in Lewiston. Oh, we like I said, on. Lewiston. One of the worst smelling places in america <laughs> the paper mill there is the worst my game uh, under the radar nebraska travels to indiana Nebraska's ranked in the top 10 and remember what i said earlier once you get past seven which is essentially like that louisville a m range from eight to 20. i mean you could put anybody in there shoot. it's yeah. a total crap shoot so nebraska falls into the top 10 First time in that spot since 2011. Bo Pelini was the coach. He's still yelling at somebody somewhere right now. And they traveled to Indiana. Indiana played pretty well last week against uh, Ohio State. And remember, Ohio State, supremely gifted, very explosive. They were right there in the second quarter. They played great against the pass. Tommy Armstrong is not nearly what JT Barrett is. Wouldn't shock me at all if the Hoosiers were to win that game. I know they haven't been great in Big Ten play in the last year and a half. It just wouldn't shock me at all if they ended up beating Nebraska because Nebraska's might be a little high on the horse undefeated at this point in the season for the first time in a long time. So Nebraska at Indiana would be my under-the-radar game. Fellas, appreciate the time. Lewiston, Idaho. Thanks. <laughs> Idaho. Bruce wants Tennessee to win. Go Big Orange, apparently, from Ken on the Facebook. I still don't know what that means. He hasn't written anything back in. But we appreciate you watching. Big thanks to Dr. Pepper for uh, sponsoring this little program. Remember, Dr. Pepper, it's a college football tradition. No tailgate or watch party is complete without Dr. Pepper.